Allow me to introduce myself. Boris Badenov at your service. I object to all this sex on the television. I mean, I keep falling off. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Thanks for stopping by again. Good to have you with us today. Time for some more stories. Today's stories about music. I know, the title gave it away again. I'm going to have to be more subtle with those. Today's Storytime is all about music, and I could talk about music for a long time and I I realized that as I was writing up today's notes for the show because I've loved music all my life and it's always been super important to me from as as a distraction as a hobby as something to learn about even the theme song for this show is an important thing for me because I spent a lot of time picking out both the intro theme and the outro theme and as you know, if, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you can tell they're different songs and they have different meanings to me. I wanted a good feeling song when you came in, something you'd associate with, oh yeah, it's story time. And on the way out, I picked something that I thought was, you know, a little mellower, but still a kind of a cool song to go out with because music means things. It evokes emotion and it 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 reminds you of things that make you either feel good or feel sad or feel happy or feel romantic. Music is a powerful thing, and I love music. I, I just can't express enough how much I love music. So I wanted to talk a little about it today. This will probably be one of many music episodes that I do, because as I was putting this one together, I realized, boy, I could drop examples of all kinds of music in that I've liked over the years. Commercial jingles, TV theme songs, rock songs, country songs, so many different things that I've listened to all my life. And that would make a podcast of about mm, probably 27 hours and 13 minutes. So I decided to cut it back a little just to give a little overview. I, I don't know exactly where my love for music started. I know I've been interested in music uh, all of my life. And from a young age, I was taking piano lessons uh, as long ago as I can remember. I think I was about four or five years old. Uh, I just have a vague memory of sitting at, sitting at the piano with my mother uh, who was a piano player and a piano teacher. She did teach the neighborhood kids as well, but I learned at a young age it's never good for your parent to teach you how to do anything because the feeling between a parent and a child for instructions is very different from a parent, from a, an instructor and a student. So it just never set the same as it might have had I had another person teaching me piano. But mom did her best, and I, I took piano lessons from her for, I want to say, four or five years uh, and I learned enough about the piano to be able to write music and read music and pick a tune out of th on the piano if I ever had to. But I have to say I wasn't, I, I guess the best way to put it is, I wasn't a diligent student. I played piano and I learned piano and I learned enough about music to know that I liked it. But I really didn't dive into piano as much as I wish that I had because I, I can pick a tune out, but that's about all I can do. Uh, so I've always regretted not taking my piano more seriously. But, you know, lesson learned, as they say. I did stay with music, though, throughout my grade school and high school career because I joined the band in the fifth grade. I started taking uh, trumpet lessons back in the fifth grade. That was one of the things that my mom wanted me to do. She wanted me involved in music. My dad was not the music guy. My dad 
like military marches. <laughs> that was about the extent of his... He liked Stars and Stripes forever. That was the extent of his music taste. If it was a good military march, he liked it. Uh, John Philip Sousa. Yeah, that was his That was his composer of choice. Anything that he put out, he liked. But that was it. He was not a lyrical guy. He didn't listen to love songs. I mean, he did, but it was not his music of choice. His music of choice was talk radio. That was my dad's music of choice. So if we wanted to listen to music, we had to do it on our own time in our own room. But mom, mom was musical. Mom played the piano. Mom played guitar. Mom played mandolin. She taught herself how to play the accordion and the concertina. If there was an instrument out there, mom would try to learn it. And she wanted us to have that knowledge as well. So that's one of the reasons that I went into band at, uh, at the age of about 10 years old. And I started taking trumpet lessons. And uh, I was one of the better players in the school. I was never the best player in the school. I was like number two or number three. Um, and I know that I was number two because there was a, a song that we played, I believe it was eighth grade, that was the last year in middle school, and it was a song called The Trumpeter's Lullaby. And I still remember that song to this day for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a very beautiful piece of music. It's one of my favorite trumpet pieces that there is. And the reason that I knew that I was number two is I didn't have the trumpet solo in Trumpeter's Lullaby, but I had to learn it because I was the backup in case the lead trumpet player couldn't play the day of the concert or had troubles with it, I had to know it as well. So I learned Trumpeter's Lullaby. And that's actually one of the, one of the little bits of music that I wanted to play for you um, because it's such a beautiful piece of music. And this is one of the pieces of music that has stayed with me all of my life. See, now this is such a nice piece of music. And I, it still evokes memories for me. I remember the stage in elementary school, actually middle school. I remember standing on the stage. I remember practicing it in the empty auditorium just in case the lead trumpet player couldn't do it for the concert. Um, and I was nervous as all get out because you had to go to the front of the stage and stand there all by yourself and play the lead for the whole trumpeter's lullaby. It's about a three-minute piece. But I learned it, and it's stayed with me ever since. And it, it is one of those memorable pieces of music that has stayed with me for my life. I mean, there's other memorable pieces of music. We'll talk about things like commercials and TV theme songs in a little bit. But my initial introduction to music was always class, classical music, because in the bands, that's primarily what we played. So that's where my initial tastes were. It also didn't hurt that my mother, when she played piano, she played a lot of classical music. My grandmother played the piano. My aunt played the piano, my aunt on my mother's side, my mother's sister, and they all played classical music. Playing the piano was a big thing in my house. We had a piano in my house. My mom played all of the time. And that's one of the reasons that she insisted we have a piano, because she loved the music so much. And she grew up with a piano in her house, because when we visited her mom, there was always the big piano in what grandma called the piano room, which makes sense because that's where the piano was. And uh, she and my mom would play piano. And there were times at the holidays where the family would gather in the piano room and they would play songs, whether they were Broadway show tunes or old classical songs. We'd gather around the piano and, and sing the songs as entertainment instead of television or instead of sitting around and listening to the radio or instead of playing board games. Everybody would gather in the piano room and sing songs. And so that helped 
make my interest in music grow because I actually enjoyed singing the songs and listening to the music and learning the different things about music as my grandmother or my mother played. So that was something that was a part of my life. So when I went into the bands, some of the songs that I learned listening to my mother or my grandmother play were songs that we played in the band. Now, one of the big songs that we did play, and now this wasn't until high school, because this is a complicated piece of music, but it's something called the 1812 Overture. Now, the 1812 Overture is, uh, it's a piece by Tchaikovsky. It's about 15 minutes long. Well, <laughs> it depends on the orchestra playing it. It can, any, it can run anywhere from 13 to 18 minutes, depending on how much they put into it. Um, but it's a huge piece of music. And uh, I have a little excerpt of it because you'll all recognize it. You'll go, oh, classical music, 1812 overture, what the hell? But we learned the piece of music. We learned it was uh, essentially the Russians turning back the French invasion in June of 1812. I won't bore you with all of the historical context, but it's really based on an actual battle that happened in 1812. There's a piece where it's slow, it's fast, there's church bells ringing, there's cannons going off, there's things going off all over the place in the song. And the finale is just huge. And we did it in high school. And obviously in high school, we didn't have cannons shooting off, but we had a big bass drums and big timpanis, and the guys in the percussion section were beating the crap out of those drums to mimic the sound of, of cannons going off. And then we had two sets of chimes, big church-like chimes, and there was two percussionists banging the hell out of the chimes to make it sound like church bells ringing. And then this triumphant finale that you're about to hear is, is just mind-blowing with all that noise going off. I remember this finale. I remember this. We played it for the spring concert one year. And the crowd, for the first time in my life, I experienced a standing ovation. The whole auditorium, all of the parents, all of the teachers, everybody who wasn't in the band, who was in that auditorium, just stood as one and started applauding at the end of that piece of music. And I still remember the feeling that that gave me because it was so overpowering to have so many people moved so deeply by a piece of music. I loved that piece of music, and I still remember that performance to this day. Now, we've done other songs in band, too. We did the Stars and Stripes Forever and uh, any number of classical pieces that you could know. And uh, they were all fun to do, but the 1812 Overture was a really great piece of music. The thing that I discovered about classical music, too, and I'm not advocating you, out, you go out and buy some classical albums. You can if you want. There's some great music out there, some wonderful orchestras. If you get anything by the London Symphony Orchestra, for instance, that's good, good, good stuff that they put out. They do, they do such a great performance on everything that they do. But, you know, the Boston Pops do a great job on classical music as well. And they, they make it accessible. They make it interesting. They make it lively. They make it something to listen to. So if you have even a passing interest in classical music, those are the two uh, orchestras or bands that you might want get, to get your hands on. But 
You don't have to go any further than a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'm not kidding. Looney Tunes background music is classical music. Now, I want to play a couple things for you. Now that, what you're hearing there, that's from The Rabbit of Seville. That's one of Bugs, Bunny cartoon, Bugs Bunny's cartoons where they took classical music and set it to the plot of the actual cartoon. They didn't do that in all of the cartoons, but if you listen, a lot of the background music is all classical music set as background music for Bugs Bunny cartoons or Porky Pig cartoons or Daffy Duck cartoons. And I didn't realize that till years later, but that's why I liked classical music so much, because I would recognize it from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Now, Bugs Bunny went crazy with some of this stuff, because that same thing, The Rabbit of Seville, they put lyrics to this classical piece of music. The classical piece of music is called The Barber of Seville, but they called it The Rabbit of Seville, and they put lyrics to it like this. How about a nice close shave, teacher whiskers to behave, lots of lather, lots of soap, please hope still don't be a dope. Now we're ready for the scraping, there's no use to try escaping, yelling, screaming, rant and rave, it's no use, you need a shave. Ooh, ouch, ouch, ooh, ouch, ooh, ooh, ouch. You're nice and clean, although your face looks like it might have gone through a machine. So that was the introduction to a lot of classical music just by watching Bugs Bunny cartoons. So my love for music went through TV, went through cartoons, went through everything that I experienced, whether it was band in school or television at home. I was exposed to music everywhere. It wasn't until... I want to say eighth grade, maybe freshman year in high school, that I started expanding my taste past classical music or band music. I didn't realize that there was things like rock and roll or country music or even what back in the day we called adult contemporary music. Um, We call it singer-songwriter now. Sometimes you just call it boring mom and dad music. But there was all kinds of genres that I finally opened my mind to when I got to about freshman year in high school. One of the first bands that I became aware of that was a rock band was a band that doesn't exist anymore, Um, but it was called Bachman Turner Overdrive, and a lot of the a lot of you guys will recognize that name. And I listened to a, a lot of BTO back in the day, and I had one of their albums as the first rock album that I bought. I also got the Eagles album. That's one of the first albums that I bought for myself. That was the greatest hits album from 1971 to 1977. That I bought uh, as one of the first things for my car because I needed driving music. And Eagles music is good driving music. The other band that I liked back in the day was Chicago. They're still around, but back in the day, they were. I liked them because they were different. They were a rock band, but they also had a brass section. And as a trumpet player, I loved anything with a brass section because that meant, wow, I could be in a rock band someday. I never followed up on that, but at the time, it was a possibility. So anything like that was interesting to me. Oh, I could play in a rock band someday. But then, after I discovered rock, then I discovered what I called adult contemporary a little while ago. It's singer-songwriters. It's the, the slow lyrical music like John Denver or Barry Manilow or James Taylor. They would sing songs, but they were not hard rock songs. They were songs with a a guy and a guitar, essentially, or a guy and a piano in the case of Barry Manilow. And they were love songs and nature songs. And they were songs that had more heart and more meaning than some of the hard hard rock songs. Like 
if you have Bachman Turner Overdrive singing Taking Care of Business, it's very different from John Denver singing Rocky Mountain High. But I learned to appreciate both of them because they were different styles, sending different messages and evoking different feelings. I also discovered jazz at the time because jazz is very different than classical orchestra music. Jazz is four or five guys with a bass and a trumpet and maybe a sax, and they just play some cool music. So I, I discovered that I liked jazz as well. Jazz was cool. It wasn't until years after that, I guess I was in college, that I first started discovering country music. Garth Brooks was the first... Well, I can say Garth Brooks was the first country music that I, that I really listened to because I was familiar with other country music. I was familiar with Waylon and, Waylon and Willie and the Boys. Uh, I remember Waylon Jennings, and I remember Hank Williams was a country singer. Hank Williams Jr., his son, a country singer. Um, but Garth Brooks was probably the, uh, the first mainstream country guy that I listened to. Now, a lot of people don't like Garth Brooks um, because he's not traditional country. But I think Garth Brooks made country more accessible to the audience that listened to folks like John Denver and James Taylor. He had more of a, a rock feel to this stuff than John Denver, James Taylor, Barry Manilow. He would sing lyrical songs, but he'd also sing more hard-driving songs. Now, when I throw Garth Brooks' name out there, Garth is not the only one of those country artists from that era, the 90s and the 2000s, that I really liked. He's just the most popular one at the time. There were several other artists at the time that I listened to, but Garth was the most popular one and put out the most hits, and he's the one that most of you guys will know. And again, when I go over this list of bands and artists that I listen to, this is just a, a, a scratching of the surface. Because if I started going deeper into my catalog, we'd get into Loggins and Messina. We would get into Dan Fogelberg. We would get into Ario Speedwagon, Journey. Of course, no list like this would be complete without the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you know, the big ones. Even the Beach Boys are in there. But I'm talking about the things that, that I was first attracted to and that I first remember listening to in the various genres that I did listen to. After Garth Brooks, you know, there was an, a part in the early 2000s where country took more of a rock and roll kind of turn. So you'd get artists like uh, Kenny Chesney and Toby Keith and Gretchen Wilson would come out with these hard-driving country-slash-rock songs which were really listenable, really good, and I liked all of those artists a whole lot, and I have a lot of their albums. So my, my tastes expanded from rock and roll and adult contemporary and jazz to country and country rock. Now, I'm not a fan of the current country. As I've mentioned in my Twitch stream, there's a distinction to, to me between country that I grew up with I shouldn't even say that I grew up with. Country that I appreciated, because it's not the country that I grew up with. It's the country that I learned to appreciate. And what I call bro country now. Guys who want to be country artists who I don't think of as country artists. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to hurt people's feelings. Not that they're going to be listening to this podcast anytime soon. But there are certain country artists currently that I just, I have no time for. Again, that's, that's my own personal taste. That's not necessarily your taste. That's my opinion. I don't necessarily like a lot of the country music that's out now. But I have discovered new artists through YouTube, through friends that I have, 
in all of these fields. I've found country artists that I like. I found a new rock artist that I like. I've posted some of her songs uh, up on the Discord page. Uh, if you haven't seen Laura Cox or if you haven't heard of Laura Cox, definitely check her out. That's some real rock music that's really well done and someone that I highly recommend. So there's still good music out there, and I keep expanding my tastes to artists that play the stuff that I like to hear. And isn't that what music is about? Keeping your mind open, keeping your options open. And that's why I also appreciate rap. I never thought that I would like rap when it first came out. I mean, certain rap songs came out, um, whether you call it rap, whether you call it hip hop, and there is a difference. Ask my son. You've heard me uh, promote my son, who, uh, who does perform hip-hop and rap, and he is uh, very good at it, writes his own stuff, performs his own stuff. Uh, but I learned about it partly through him, but partly because I always try to, try to keep my mind open, and I try to experience what is new and current and see what's out there. Eminem does a great job. I was a fan of Tupac's and Biggie. I was not a fan of the politics and the, the fighting between the East Coast and the West Coast. I'm aware of it. I never got into that part of it, but that wasn't what was important to me. I, I like good music. I don't need the politics that go with it. Now, that music that I'm talking about is is the, the genres of music, rock and country and so on. But music permeates all of our lives, whether it's Christmas songs or uh, commercial jingles or TV shows. And as I've said in many other uh, podcast episodes, TV has always been a big thing to me. And TV music, as much as any other kind of music, also played a huge part in my life. And even just a couple of notes from a television show can make a huge impact on you, can evoke a memory, can remind you of things. Like, listen to this. Now, we all know what that is, right? Right? That's NBC. And when you hear that, you know, oh, I'm watching something on NBC, whether it's the intro to the Olympics or the intro to a TV show or whatever it is, you know those three notes mean NBC. Now, what about these notes? I don't have to play any more than that, and I bet most of you already know what song we're talking about. And that's because the music from that television show was an important thing to you. And when you hear those notes, just those notes, you go, oh, yeah. And if you don't know it from those notes, you'll know it from this. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Right? Right? We all know this. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but yeah, we all know this. But again, that reminds you of a period of your life, that reminds you of something that you did, that reminds you of something you were going through, something that you enjoyed. That's the power of music. Even something as simple as this theme song. love this theme song. One of my all-time favorite theme songs. And that's why I had to put a drop in for The Rockford Files. Mike Post, who wrote this song, is a genius. He's written so many theme songs. If you look at his credits, this is one of the earlier ones. But he did things for L.A. Law. He did 
Hill Street Blues. He did Magnum. He did so many theme songs. The, the guy was prolific and really, really good at capturing the spirit of a TV show. And speaking of the spirit of a TV show, this song here, whenever I hear this, I'm instantly transported back to a younger time in my life. Johnny Carson has a huge spot in my life. He was, he was the guy. At 11.30 at night, he would do The Tonight Show every night. And I would watch that show. Sometimes it was boring as hell. And sometimes it was exciting as hell. But it was always run like a machine. And Johnny was really, really good at interviewing people, at being the straight man, at just presenting an entertaining show. Even if the guests were bad, even if the monologue bombed, this was the guy who mastered the talk show. And I remember Johnny like I was watching him yesterday. And every time I hear that theme song, I just, I just feel good. And I guess that's what my point is about talking about music today. Because music makes you feel good. It makes you feel better. It can bring you out of a sad part of your life. It can, it can make a dark day brighter. It can make sad times happier. It can make romantic times even more meaningful. And I guess that's what I love about music. Now, I know I talked very quickly about a lot of music today, uh, but I wanted to just give you kind of an overview of my view of music. Yeah, I can talk about music all the live long day. I can go through my catalog of albums that I've collected over the years. And yes, I have a vinyl collection. We could talk about every title on there. And I probably have a story about half a dozen songs on there. And my digital music collection and my CD collection, it's all the same. Oh yeah, I remember that song because. And you know, that's what we all share. If you like music at all, we share that bond of feeling good about the artists that mean something to us, about the songs that mean something to us. And music evokes those memories. And it reminds us of happier times, sometimes sadder times. But it always brings us back to something that we remember and that was important to us. And I guess that's the power of music to me. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Storytime. Thank you for listening. If you have music that you'd like to talk about, if you want to compare notes on music, please let me know. We can do another episode on music anytime. You can uh, direct message me on Twitter at ReallyGamerDude. You can get through get to me through Twitch. You can contact me any which way. I'll be happy to talk music with you anytime. Until next time, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you when I see you.